Alright guys, pictures up. Pictures up! Pictures up! That's roll sound. Rolling! Rolling! Sound speeds. Camera speeds. Two. Awesome. Take two. Mark. And action! Welcome to the Penn Cinema Podcast. Your behind-the-curtain connection for movie news and reviews. Now here are your hosts, Penn Ketchum and David Moulton. Welcome to the show. I'm David Moulton. And I'm Penn Ketchum. What's What's up? Man. How you living? I'm living. You know, I walked in here and I felt like you were a little judgy. What? Yeah. Okay. I feel like you looked at me and you said, David, (laughs) you said, it's a dreary, drizzly right. fall day, right. and you stroll in right. here right. in a Hawaiian shirt. Right. Like, I'm the Hawaiian guy. Yeah. I'm the guy that just came back from Hawaii. Right. And I'm just like, what, a poser? Right. Well, I'll tell you what Fabio told me. Tell me. When he showed up at the house <laughs> at 16 and asked if I could become his protege. He said... Wait, wait, wait. I just want, I don't want to gloss over what you just said. Yeah? You're, you're referencing a... <laughs> That Fabio, that you and Fabio had. Yeah, yeah. Back when you were sixteen when I was years 16. old, and he showed up at the house, and he asked if I could be his protege. Yeah, I don't want to just gloss over that. Yeah, yeah. Because that's a great start. Right. So this is a conversation that you and Fabio had when he was seeking a new protege. Right. And he, he came <laughs> to me. Now, if I remember correctly, yeah. At the age of sixteen, you were rocking a suit and carrying a briefcase. Right. Okay. So right. here's Fabio showing up. All right. And he said, he said, he said, David, you got to own the look. Yes. You got to own yes. it. Yes. And I took that to heart. Yes. I took that to heart. And I said, you know, thanks, Fabio. I always have looked up to you, but I can't be your protege because I've already outshined you. Oof. There were some tears. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, I'm sure he used that energy to propel his famed acting career. Right. Well, see, he said, like the long flowing locks of my hair, the long flowing trench coat you wear will prepare you, f- propel you forward. David, you are one of the best dressed guys I know. Oh, thanks. You always you always have the great bright colors. Right. You, you, you look great in a Hawaiian shirt. Well, it's like a peacock thing, you know? You have like a good, you have a collection of Hawaiian shirts. Am I, I right? I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Because at, at, at work, we do Floral Friday. Oh. And you got to wear flowers. That, I mean. That does it. Is it just me who does yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not, David. Let's not get bogged down. In, let's not get bogged down in details. Who is or isn't participating in Floral right. Fridays? Right. The fact is, there's yeah. Floral Friday, and you want to be prepared. Yeah. You're not one to you miss just, a special day. You don't just stroll into a Friday no. like it's an every normal day. No, come on. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Floral Fridays brought to you by David Moulton. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love it. Speaking of the news. Yes. What do you got for me? I got one for you. Mm. This is my favorite news story of the week. Oh, boy. We should just, this should be the one news story. <laughs> the one, one and bit then, of news. And then we'll move on to trailers. Yeah. I might take a little bit too much glee. <sighs> In sharing this story. Well, there's another one that I think you take glee into. So yeah, yeah. There's a few. Um, okay, so you remember Movie Pass? Yeah. Now, first, we we need to because we've talked about it on the show, but just in case there's people who missed that episode. Yeah. 
MoviePass, contrary to sort of first glance, is a great deal for movie theaters. Like, you are paying MoviePass five bucks or 30 bucks or whatever the current price is, but we get paid by MoviePass the full ticket price. Right, so you don't lose out. I don't lose out. So I'm fine with MoviePass. Right. But the issue is, MoviePass, to anybody with a half a brain, is not a sustainable business model. It is, the premise is that it's supposed to be so undeniably good of a deal that everyone will sign up for it. Right. And enough people will sign up for it and not use it to its full potential that it will overextend the cost of the people who abuse it. Right. None of which makes any sense. I mean, that model has worked for other for other things. For other industries. Right, industries. But yeah. those other industries are not multi-billion dollar industries like the movie business. Right. They are gyms. Yeah, or, <laughs> yeah, they are gyms or or even you could say at the beginning like Netflix or even Netflix is changing now but how people share passwords and stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. You know what I mean? But we did document pretty specifically how bad of a business model this was. Oh, yeah. Almost like it's too oh, good to be true. Right. Now, I don't really have anything to invest, but if I did, I would never have invested it in MoviePass. Mm. What's interesting is what's now coming out is that um, the two CEOs of MoviePass, it turns out, for all the lies that they told their investors about how great this was going to be, they're now being charged by the SEC with criminal complaints of fraud. They're each facing 20 years in prison Wow! for lying about how great MoviePass was going to be. There was just an article about how MoviePass was coming back. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well. But, I mean, this model semi-kind of worked for AMC, who did their own in-house thing that apparently mm. is still around. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I don't know that a lot of people use it, at least. Well, there's not any AMCs around here. But right. uh, I do know people who have had it. Mm. And and did use it so, which. Uh, uh, listen, if you have a pile of money to burn, then by all means, go invest in MoviePass. Yeah, I think AMC is a little bit different. They were already established with. Right, I think it's a completely different thing, but you know, that's blood and honey. Oh, for on the the key line of being uppity up. Yeah. And above everyone else, right. and always being right. Yes. Which is. Basically our motto. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's assumed. Yeah. If you hear us say it, eventually it'll be right. <laughs> it may not be right right now. Right, right, right. Give it some time. <laughs> All right. WB President and CEO David Z- Zaslov. So this is a two-parter. Okay. So first off, he, you know, I don't know if we've talked a lot about it, but, but WB, Warner Brothers, is in a lot of trouble. Oh. Financially. Mm. They only had enough money to release two movies for the rest of the year. And that was released at the end of summer. So that was uh, Don't Worry Darling and Black Adam, Mm. which Don't Worry Darling didn't pan out for them, but Black Adam seems to be doing pretty good for them. So third week, number one in a row. Yeah. So that's, uh, they picked at least 50% leader there. But the, you know, you hear a lot about how HBO, like, cut a lot of stuff, and Mm. um, which is sad because HBO content, I think if we talk about HBO content, like, their shows are really good. Yeah. Right? Always. But then they've mixed in with this HBO Max, they've mixed in the movie industry so hard with it. Mm -hmm. Now they're both suffering. 
and they're they're talking about how HBO Max might go away completely mm. and not even be a thing anymore. It'll be a Discovery mm-hmm. Channel thing. Uh, for instance, like Westworld just got canceled, mm-hmm. season five, which was supposed to be last season. They just and a lot of things are going the way of the dodo with them, uh, which is really sad. But um, the way of the dodo, yeah, yeah, the way of the dodo. Okay, just so make sure I heard that correctly. Yeah, yeah, you understand the way of the I dodo. I do, I do, I do. Extinct. Right, extinct. Yeah, dying out. Which is Latin for from existence, no longer with us. That may or may not be true. Like instinct. Or like we just said, it will eventually right, be true. Eventually it'll be Give true. it some time. Instinct is like internal to you. Your instinct, your spirit, your living spirit. Right, and is internalized. And extinct is... Or like bugs. Is when your life leaves you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he thinks the key to the future to Warner Brothers right. is more Harry Potter mm. if they can get... Uh, she who shall not be named on board for more movies. And we're not talking Fantastic Beasts. He wants to continue with Harry Potter. Mm. Um, you know, I cool idea, but they're probably going to have to recast Daniel Radcliffe. I can't imagine he'd want to do it anymore. No, no way. Yeah, he's like pretty picky now. Plus, is, didn't we report he last even week? Do Wolverine. I, I was going to say, didn't we report last week his plate is pretty full with all the Marvel movies he wants to yeah, make. Yeah, that's true. Is that what we said? Yeah. Something like that. The ones that he wants yeah. to be everyone but Wolverine. Right. Yeah. Um, but he also thinks that they should make more Lord of the Rings movies. I, I mean, whatever. I don't like, I, I feel like that's a defeatist. That's a, that's a like. He's the, he, and he said, this is the key to the Warner Brothers yeah. future. At least he didn't say DC, but whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's whatever. But here's the here's. I was the, just gonna say this is a two part deal. The yeah. first part is like whatever, and I'm kind of poo pooing it because I would have if I needed Warner Brothers to you know if if I was like in the in the executive room, in the boardroom, I would want to hear him talk about what he's doing. Like, fine, you want to retap Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, like go back to those wells. That's fine, but find me a third well. Find me another. You know, who are you bringing on that's going to bring creativity and bring interest and bring, you know, right. fresh blood? Right. And I guess that's where the James Gunn thing came in last week. Right. Right. But then they're going to cover up a well. Mm. He said, this is in ref- response to movie. Like, one of the things they went hard on during the pandemic and even after was we're going to make these big budget movies and just put, like, HBO Max will see us through. We're going to put it on HBO Max instead of theaters. And what did we say on this show? Time and time again. Not sustainable. Not sustainable. Like you're not going to get the same thing. So this is what he said. We learned that doesn't work, and this is what doesn't work for us, based on everything that we've seen, direct to streaming videos. So spending a billion dollars or collapsing a motion picture window into a streaming service, the movies that we launch in theater do significantly better, and launching a two-hour, 40-minute movie direct to streaming has done nothing for HBO Max in terms of viewership retention or love of the service. He added, you focus on the big movies, the tent poles that people are going to leave home early from dinner to see. So basically he's like admitting that it doesn't make financial sense to spend Hollywood money on a TV movie. Right. Which is what we've been saying since 2018. Right. Okay. Yeah. So good job. All right, yeah. David Zaslav. Yeah. Let's, let's see what you got. You brought the team on for DC. Yeah. Congratulations. That's smart. That's good. That's exciting. 
So he's making, she's shaking things yeah, up. Yeah, I like it. I, on, on balance, all things considered, I like it. Mm. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Something that I think you'll also like. Well, hang on. Before we, I can I can sense a really slick segue coming. Yeah. And before the really slick, super slick, super slick segue, I just, I just want to say, I always, Warner Brothers has always been for theatrical exhibitors like myself. They have always been a studio we can count on. Yeah. And, and that has held true back in the day. You, we've talked before about Bruce Blatt. Yeah. Bruce, you know, Bruce used to be screaming and you know, he was a wild man. Yeah. But every time that I got into it with Bruce, he would always throw it in my face. Who else is giving you 26 movies a year? 26 reliable, good movies a year, mm. not 26 Avengers or 26, you know, massive dark nights, but 26 movies a year. And three of them are going to be gold, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. So he was always a pleasure to work with. And now in a totally different universe, I'm working with a different guy. Bruce is retired to Florida, but I'm working with an entirely different guy. And still the culture at Warner brothers remains really the, the partnership with exhibition is in their DNA. Yeah. Like it's really cool to see. I'm not saying they don't mix, make mistakes and I'm not saying we don't sometimes fight, but Warner brothers more so than most studios is a partner to the exhibition industry. And I dig it. So I just put that shout out there. I hope that uh, David Zaslav, you know, is successful. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of people that work for Warner Brothers that, you know, their livelihood depends on him being successful. Yeah. But I think more importantly, the, the whole entire movie industry should be rooting for them, you know, to, to succeed with this sort of transitionary period. So. Right. Godspeed, my friends. Right. Well, one proven way to succeed in this industry uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, the director. I know you're a huge fan. Uh, Rise, wait, 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 wait. What am I a huge fan of? Taking beloved, innocent, beautiful fairy tales, children's stories, and turning them into horror movies? Yeah. Oh, right. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey specifically. Right. right. Yeah. Specifically. He's now working on a horror version of Peter Pan titled Neverland Nightmare. How pumped for this are you? I'm so pumped. Yeah. I can't wait to not see this. You're like, when do you wish upon a star, buddy? Right. right? I got your star right here. <laughs> I got your star right here, buddy. Hey, yo, gobble the goose. What? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Uh, turn it, yeah. <laughs> turn it into a Sopranos thing. Yeah. So what's next? They're going to take, like, uh, you know, the three bears, Goldilocks? and. Oh, you know, I sure hope. She has the three bears like tied up and torturing them in her basement or something. <laughs> like well, this is awful. Now I will say, I, I I fully stand by my position that this is awful. But I also remember as a youth, as a youth, as a youth, my mom would read to me these bedtime stories. They were always like so whack, like you know, somebody's under a bridge and eating like the little boys and then they cut the sheep out of the wolf's belly or something. Oh, yeah. And there's like all these like stories about kids getting cooked, you know, and Perfect. baked and eaten by the wolf and grandma got eaten, I think. And like, there's like a whole variety of like innocent children's stories that are really, really messed up. Yeah. I'm just saying. So Winnie the Pooh is not one of them. And I don't think Peter Pan is either, but why do you have to like take some of the good, clean, innocent stuff and put them in the brothers Grimm, you know, universe. 
Because horror. Horror sells? Yeah. Okay. I guess so. You know what else sells? Oh, my God. <laughs> Scream? Yeah. yeah. Scream 6. <laughs> it sells so much that Paramount's like, yo, we're pushing this back. Hey, yo. We're pushing this back to March 10th, which means they also had to push back Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves to March 31st. It's a four-week move. Four weeks, Ken. Now, four weeks, it depends which four weeks. If you're moving it from the middle of April to the middle of May, that's a huge four weeks because you're saying, hey, I want to take this movie and put it in prime time. Right. Um, if you have a movie in the middle of June and you're pushing it to July 2nd, you're like, that's a huge four weeks because now that's 4th of July movie. But if you have a movie in like the beginning of March and you're moving it to end of March or you have a movie in the middle of February and you're moving it to the middle of March, like, who cares? You don't think that moving closer to the end of March and closer to April makes it like beginning of the season hype? No. Whoa. Unless my calendar is off and it they're trying to make it a... Uh, Easter movie. Okay. Well, I mean, nothing t- says Easter to me like Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's an obvious. Yeah. It's an obvious. Usually, connection. we have the five fishes, right? Right. And then <laughs> and then the dragon D and D. Yeah. Yeah. The twelve sided dice and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Twelve sided dice. Wait. Can we just pause while we're on while we're on Paramount? Yeah. 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 I watched an interview with this morning with Sylvester Stallone. He's got that mafia movie, uh, Tulsa. Yeah. On Paramount Plus. Is it a movie or a show? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Show. He's got this show on Paramount Plus called Tulsa. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of here for it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to tune in. I, I same. I yeah. was like, you know, on paper, this doesn't look like right. it could be good. Uh, you know, but it kind of looks good. It kind of looks good. Yeah. I'm interested. And you know, Stallone has had a number one movie. One. Has had a number one movie in each of listen listen to this stat. Sylvester Stallone has had a number one movie in each of the last six decades. Everybody gets one. Damn. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. Yeah. I'm saying he has a he is in a I don't care what you think about him. We've talked about this on the show. We are we are officially fans of his. Yeah. And not every single movie of his is his winner. But when you look at his body of work. This is, I mean, what a legend. I'd say. And this is his first, did you know, would you have known? First television show? First TV show. I wouldn't have known that, yeah. but I'm not surprised. I would have bet against it only because the guy's been around for so long. At some point, he must have done something on TV. Right. But that's not true. He never you has. You ever host SNL? Oh, that is an outstanding question. I don't, I can't, know. That seems like, Yeah. I think I, I would be able to picture it. I think I, yeah. that would have been on my radar. We we know, we've established on the show, Sylvester Stallone is my wife Amy's number one celebrity crush. Really? Yep. She's got a thing for the Italian stallion. Wow. Yep. Big time. Is it hard living up to that? Well, she met him. You know, and the two of us took a picture with him. Was that the last time you saw Amy? And then all of a sudden, I felt myself being pushed out of a picture. <laughs> <laughs> and then there is a picture with just him or with him and him and Amy. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not one to ask a lot of questions. Right. You know, how'd that happen? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, speaking of Sylvester Stallone. Yes. The Russo brothers say, Hey, oh. don't worry about that new live action Hercules movie we're producing. All right. 
Right? Because I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Disney's problem with these live action films is they're always like, you know, beat for beat, just like the original. Well, they said, don't worry. This one's going to be way more experimental and based off of TikTok trends. Say what? This one's going to be way more experimental, which is what you want, right? Great. Yeah, so it's going to be based off of TikTok trends. Wait, say what? What was, wait, what, what was that <laughs> last you, bit? What, did you miss something? Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What was that last bit? Yeah, well, this one's going to be way more experimental, which right, is what you want, right? Right, right, right. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so it's going to be based right. on TikTok trends. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you missing there? Something. Yeah. I, I feel like you said something. Yeah. After... Don't worry. Don't worry. And after experimental. Right. Well, that's what you want. And right. after, that's what you want. Mm. Did, what was that last bit? It was a TikTok trend. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. All right. Before we get to the, to, to the TikTok trends, what do you mean by experimental? Now, let me, I think it's clear. TikTok trends. <laughs> I don't know what a TikTok trend is. I mean, I do. Well, I mean, it's gonna be. So, I don't. I don't know what they mean by that. It's just, it's just gonna be based off of the TikTok like <laughs> culture. Okay. Oh my god, I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I mean, mean, you know TikTok. I, I'm familiar with TikTok, and I'm familiar that sometimes there's a TikTok that goes viral. Right. But the people that like just dance and stuff. Oh, you, right. Right. You know. Oh, okay. So this is going to be like Hercules on TikTok. Sure. Awesome. Maybe. And, and, okay. That's awesome. Great. It, Penn, is it? Is it though? Is it, no. <laughs> I feel like maybe you're, it's not that awesome. <laughs> you ever have somebody who goes too far to extremes? You know, you're like, does it have to be that loud? So then they turn it off. Mm. When you, they could have just lowered it like two clicks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people get reactive and right. you're like, hey, that's really loud. It's hurting my ears. So they turn it off. Yeah. Right. And like the time I was like, oh, growing your hair out, huh? And you were like, I'll show him. Yeah, I'll show him, you <laughs> bastard. <time>. Right. <laughs> but I feel like this is kind of that, like that thing with the volume. Like somebody said like, oh, Disney, your live action movies follow so close to every single thing in the animated or the original source. So, and Disney was like, all right, fine. You know, yeah. you want clockwork orange? I got you clockwork orange. Hercules yeah. goes to London. Look out. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was Hercules in modern time? You saw a tree of life. Oh yeah. You got tree of Hercules right here. <laughs> Talk about, you like found footage. Right, right. Found that footage on TikTok. Right. It's more like it. Hercules found TikTok footage. Yeah. And by the way, it's going to be four hours long. What if the movie was <laughs> told as if you were swiping through the TikTok right. feed? Yes. And every like third right. video was another part of the, right. the plot. But they made you watch, watch. Right. the other TikTok right. videos as well. That so if you were great. like in bed. Right. And then at one point it pauses, like, because, you know, sometimes you fall right. asleep. Right. You're TikTok, and then the same one, like, repeats, like, six <laughs> <Right>. times. <laughs> and then your algorithm gets all messed up. Yeah. Oh, you really like this one, don't right. you? <laughs> oh, you're really into water skiing. That's great. Let me send you an ad for a motorboat. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Speaking of water skiing. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Hold on. I don't want to have to re release this six months later with an edited version. <laughs> You remember Father Stu? See how that was like like a nice little R-rated segue? That was an yeah. R. It was a 
already, I can't even make come up with a pun. That was a great segue. Great. Do you remember Father Stu? Man, I remember a lot of people, and by a lot of people, I mean my mother, saying how much yeah. she wanted to see this movie. Right. And did she see it? Well, that was, of course, after it had already been in theaters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm looking, she had said something along the lines like, I, I, I'm waiting for this movie to come out. Right. And I'm like, well, it's, <laughs> it, it came was away. like a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite is, you know, because that happens to me a lot. I go out and I'm seeing people and they're yeah. trying to say something nice and they're like, oh, I can't wait for that Black Adam movie to come out. When does that come out? And I'm like, oh, it came out three weeks ago. Wow. Oh, yeah. I guess it's not in theaters That's anymore. Right. And you're like, no, no, it's still oh, there. No, it's still there. Well, maybe we'll see it in a week oh, or two. Oh, yeah, we'll see it in December. <laughs> yeah. December 17th. Right, exactly. All right, so listen, uh, the swearing and whatnot was, was instigated by this headline that Father Stu, the movie with Mark Wahlberg, yes, um, which was kind of a, you would call it a faith-based movie. Right. But it was rated R because there was a lot of F-bombs. Apparently it wasn't faith-based enough. Well, I mean, I think they're just trying to reach a wider audience, so now it's being re-released. Or a very select audience. In movie theaters. <laughs> Now <laughs> the reach a wider audience, or as David puts it, a smaller audience. Specific audience. <laughs> right. Not smaller, specific. And therefore smaller. smaller. Right. Uh it's now rated PG thirteen with no F bombs and not to confuse anybody, it has a new title called Father Stu Reborn. It's like the most like fake sequel title name ever. Father Stu. They should have just called it what it was and called it Father Stu Born Again. Mm. Or Father Stu Cash Grab 2. <laughs> exactly. Electric Boogaloo. Right. <laughs> exactly. I'm saying. Yeah. This is crazy. Mm. I don't know. I, I know. Whatever. I, I don't want to overreact to this. This is not a big deal. This is just... I, I, I don't... The, the movie wasn't that big of a deal when it came out. Right. It's still not that big of a deal. this will make it a bigger deal? No, it's not going to do anything. But here's what it will do. Here's what it will do. And I think this is why it's a smart move on Sony's part. Churches and church groups and youth groups and everything for eternity can now safely dial up Father Stu Reborn for their post-theatrical screenings. Uh, you know what I mean? So now you got a church group that wants to rent a theater or show it in their church basement or whatever. Yeah. You know, Now they have an option. You know, mm. This brings this movie, makes this available, makes this a much more successful post-theatrical movie, PG-13, than rated R. If you're running a youth group and you got a bunch of youths and you want to show this movie and they're all 15 years old, you're not going to be able to play an R-rated movie. You show this one, now you're playing it. Oh, wait, hang on. Can somebody, listen, can you write into the show, Pen, no, podcast at pencinema.com and wake up David? Because he just fell asleep talking about Father Stu born again. Write oh. <laughs> in somebody call and me? wake him up. What? In other news, did we talk about this movie, Babylon? I think we, yeah, we've talked about it. We reviewed a trailer. We reviewed a trailer. Did I tell you that um, the movie's going to be literally three hours and nine minutes? We did talk about that. We did yeah. talk about that. Okay. I just wanted to put it out there because there's more and more information starting to come around on this. It's never too early to start with your Oscar picks. Right. I'm picking Margot Robbie for a front runner for best actress. Really? Yep. Because the more and more that's coming out about this movie, people are comparing her to, um, oh, I'm blanking, a Hollywood icon from the 60s. Oh, I should have put it in the notes. 
But like people are talking about her performance as like career defining, like mm-hmm. legendary performance. So wow, yeah, we'll see. I'm Charlie not predicting Chaplin style. Yeah, I mean, I'm not predicting that this is going to be the biggest movie of December or yeah. of the year or anything like that. But I'm just saying, I think this is going to put Margot Robbie in the catbird seat as it relates to the Oscar race. I hope somebody clips the fact that I was like Charlie Chaplin style, and you were like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't get it. Exactly, I don't know what Charlie Chaplin exactly style like is. Charlie Chaplin. I don't. I don't get the reference. There isn't one. I just compared it to Charlie Chaplin. Okay, and you're like, yeah, perfect. All right. Well, that's all the news there is to print this week. Uh, so you know. I got. I got. Someone said to me the other day, "How come you never use sound effects on the show?" <laughs> I and mean, what are you talking about? You use sound effects all the time. It was Elizabeth Taylor. Mm, that's who people. That's who's Charlie people Chaplin's are, like. People are comparing Margot Robbie's performance in Babylon to Elizabeth Taylor and okay. her role in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Talk to me when she's like dropping her her diamond necklace earring, and then she turns to the guy and goes, "Keep that it's from me," <laughs> and it's. Didn't she have the? Didn't Elizabeth Taylor have the commercials? I have no idea. Black and white. They were like Elizabeth Taylor. She won best best actress. Elizabeth Taylor won best actress for that movie. Stole it. <laughs> now you were saying something incredibly hilarious no, about <laughs> sound was, effects. Yeah, Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Came out in 1966. What year did? Um, Babylon 2022. No, no, what year did the movie with? Uh, Here's Johnny. Oh, yeah, The Shining. Shining. When did that come out? Uh, wasn't that in the 70s, late okay. 70s? So it was a little bit after that. Yeah. Shelley Duvall started. Shelley Duvall. I think. Yeah. Was, right. Know, at the time, they said she's the next Elizabeth Taylor. Right, but that didn't pan out. It didn't pan out. Because the movie was too long. Nobody yeah. liked it. Right. Yeah. That came out in 1980. 1980. Shelley Duvall played the wife in The Shining, right? Right. She was, she was famous. She was the one in the bathroom. Right. With the knife, you know, that she couldn't hold. Right. You know, when, when Jack Nicholson crushed his head through the window pane of the door. And he says, here's Johnny. Johnny. Yeah. yeah. That movie was so fun. I was too little to see that in movie theaters, but my friends and I watched it on VHS in my friend's apartment in Brooklyn. Yeah. And we were freaking terrified. Oh, yeah. We were so scared. Spooky one. Yeah. So scared. Yeah. Well, Shelley Duvall's back. It's no a way. big return. She was basically what? like, I'm not making movies anymore. Yeah. She's back. Wow. And you think if a, if a respected actress such as herself would mm. make a comeback, it would be a big film. Well, a big film, and she would have a major role in it. Right. I, I would just, I mean, I'm assuming. Yeah. I'm assuming. Why, why big? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to like come back to be like, the mother of like a assistant, like second lead, right? Right. You're going to be like the in main a, character, yeah, or like or like the love interest, or the you know something like that, right? So she's back for a movie called The Forest Hills. Oh, uh, where she plays what seems to be a random hillbilly woman. Um, okay. In the like in the mountains, she, right? She plays the mother. Of, Is she the mother? She's the mother of the second. Like the assistant, like what do you call it? Supporting actor. Oh, is she? Okay. Yeah. So she didn't catch that part. She's not the best actor. She's not the supporting actor. She's the mother of the supporting actor. Mm. Yeah. Pretty small Both role. Both in real life and right. Yeah, <laughs> hey, that's how she got the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is about a guy who uh, turns into a werewolf. What do you think about this? 
I mean, I didn't catch that fact that she was that guy's mom, so clearly it wasn't holding my attention much. Did you, um, here's what I thought about it. To me, it looked like a very European movie. Like, there was nobody famous in it except for a glimpse of Shelley Duvall. Yeah. And I would not have known it was her if you hadn't put that on my radar. In fact, I watched the entire trailer and did not think I had seen her. Oh. So I thought you made a mistake. No, I thought her name comes up at one no, point. No, no, you're absolutely, yeah. you, you did not make a mistake. Yeah. I Googled it to mm. find out. And then I rewatched the trailer to see what, what gives. Yeah. Right? And that's where I learned that she plays so-and-so's mother. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, is this looks very European, very old school, very non-Hollywood. It looks like very well-made movie. And it, I'm not saying it's not Hollywood. It probably came from Hollywood. But it has, it does not look like sort of quote-unquote every other Hollywood movie. Right. It's not sexy or slick or polished. No, it, it, it looks like... Uh Sometimes we talk about movies where they look like they've been filmed at home. Yeah. This has that very authentic raw raw filming thing, mm -hmm. but it doesn't look like it was made at home. No. It's like it looks like that was a choice right. that some professionals made right. in making this movie. This is not my trailer of the week, and I don't really care if I ever see this movie, but I will say this looks like a good movie. Like, if you're into this genre, I'll bet you this is a really good movie. Right. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I think it looks like it's going to be hard for... Someone like me or me to watch. Yeah. You know, I don't do the horrors. No, we don't. We're yeah. not big fans. Um, speaking of not being big fans, we, we hate movies that go straight to streaming. Right. Excuse me. I thought this movie, the eternal daughter, I thought that was a legit movie, but David, you said it goes straight to streaming. Yeah. I mean, I can double check. No, no, that's right. The, the movie is uh stars Tilda Swinton. It looks like another dark movie. It's called the eternal daughter. And it's from A24, which is what caught my attention. I was sort of cruising around YouTube, clicking on random trailers. And this trailer just dropped the other day. This looks like a really good, um, this is another psychological thriller. So, you know, it just sort of is what it is. And again, it's not, to me, this is like a little bit better. There's a better chance that I watch this than I watch Forest Hills, but also probably won't watch this. Hmm. Does it look uh, intense or... Yes, and okay. dark, and it looks more interesting than Forest Hills, but it's, you know, dark. I didn't see anything, but I, I know I had saw something earlier yeah. today. Yeah. Anyway, uh, another one that's in theaters for one week opens up opposite of Black Panther 2. is called Spirited. This is my trailer of the week. Me too. Yeah. I'm really disappointed because I, if it wasn't literally the same week as Black Panther, I'd probably try to book this movie. I am honestly shocked that it's only a one week in theaters. Right. This looks like quintessential holiday movie. Right. This could be the rare exception of a movie that I feel like is hurting the movie industry a little bit. Like this movie, I think they're taking money away from the exhibition industry by releasing this movie on streaming. Like a lot of times movies, I don't feel like it kind of makes a difference because it's like whatever. But I feel like this has the cast and the theme it could have been a very successful December release. And maybe that's why they're throwing it on there. I really feel like they're expecting this to draw a lot of people to... Okay, then why are you putting it on the week? I mean, every other movie in the world is staying away from November 11th. Well, that's true too. I mean, are you an idiot? Yeah. Like really, if you're going to do that game plan... I mean, even Glass Onions waited until Glass Onion waited until November twenty third. Yeah, it's 
So this movie is the one that we've been hearing about for ages. Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell doing a, Chris, a new version of The Christmas Carol. But it's not even like a new version. It's, it's not the same. That's the thing. Right. It's changed enough. Right. The, I, the So what I really like about it is the premise is that A Christmas Carol wasn't a one-story thing and that right. these ghosts do pick one person every year right. to perform the Christmas Carol story too right. and change. And this year they choose Ryan Reynolds and he seems to be unchangeable. Right. Like the ghosts give up. And Much like myself. Yeah, and Will Ferrell's like, no, no, I can do this. Right. So I think the movie looks amazing. The trailer is amazing. I'm very frustrated by the release plan, but I mean, talking here on the show as, as movie watchers and lovers, this looks awesome. It does. It, I probably will never see it. I don't have Apple. TV. Oh, right, right, right. Well, I'll watch it and let you know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should come in and we'll watch it together in the, in the theater. Ah, oh, perfect. Amundo. Mm. What a world. All right, this next one here is a movie called Mummies. This is closely my fav- my movie, the trailer of the week. Really? This is a close second. I was really, this is, I'm sorry to like s- start talking about this while you're no, trying you're to introduce it, but Mummies is an animated movie. It's a essentially a teaser trailer. Yeah. Uh, it's about mummies who are underground and something or other happens and they have to join the world of the living to do something. Right. And what I am always a sucker for is effective use of pop music. So they got the Bengals singing Walk Like an Egyptian. Right. And they got the mummies, and it just the trailer I thought was really clever. The whole trailer revolves around the Walk Like a Magician song. Like an Egyptian. Yeah. 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 Um, I, th- I agree. This is probably a, r- a good runner-up. Yeah. I think that the, I don't think that the, the teaser trailer does a good job in that it really did just feel like they paid for the movie, the music rights and they were like, we have to use them. Yeah. Um, But I think the premise of the movie seems interesting enough that I think when a real trailer comes out, it'll probably look like a pretty good kids movie. Yeah. And uh, the premise is there's some sort of ring and some sort, I think that some sort of Egyptian guy got it and granted eternal life to all of his citizens as mummies in the underworld or something like that. And now someone in the in the real world has the ring or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's it totally as far as the plot goes. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. It looks cute. Comes out in twenty twenty three. It's on my radar. Yeah, I think it'll be cool. Something that's coming out in twenty twenty two, and this is funny. Funny ha ha. Yeah. Funny okay. ho ho. Oh ho ho. Yeah. Oh uh, ho ho. I saw this trailer when it came out earlier this week, mm-hmm. and the internet was like. Right? That's what they were like. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I saw this trailer. Yeah. And then when I was putting the list of trailers together, I was like, oh. And did that? Oh, yeah, I guess it did come out. I had completely forgotten about it. Mm. I don't know about you. This is for Avatar Alpha Alpha R. Avatar Alpha R? Yeah. Yeah. So Avatar Way of the Water. To which we learned and saw a lot more stuff, but I've seen this this trailer twice, three times. Okay, I saw this trailer. It's on, not bad. I saw this trailer on the big screen in front of the movie that I watched this week. Okay, I saw this trailer on IMAX screen in front of an IMAX movie that I watched this week, and I watched the trailer online. Wow. So, what do you think? 
I wasn't sure until I watched the trailer online that I was watching a different trailer from previous trailers. Right. Which kind of tells you everything. Yeah. yeah. I'm terrified of this movie. Yeah? Yeah. I'm really nervous about how this movie is going to perform at the box office. <sighs> I think the first week you're going to have a lot of people, and I think it's going to dive. Um, which might be okay because we do have a crowded December. But I will say, and I'm curious on your thoughts on this, felt like the CGI was noticeably better. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it's almost like, are we taking it for granted? It's almost like not liking Celine Dion's follow-up album. Like this, you know what I mean? Like, like it's an incredible visual feast. And what, we're going to complain because we still don't really understand what the plot is? Yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know I poo-poo all over this, mm. right? They waited to make this because the technology wasn't there to do it. So one, there's got to be something spectacular in it. If there's not, we should all be upset that, like, he let us on. That yeah, technology couldn't keep up with this movie. But the other thing that, that was pointed out in a comment that I saw was, what is James, the thing that James Cameron always does right? His sequels are almost always better than the originals. Mm. Look at Terminator 2, Aliens. Mm. You know, which was the one that you think of when you think of the series? Yeah. What's the movie that you think that defines the series in your memory? Right. His series, it's always the second movie. Right. Titanic 2. Yeah. 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 Electric Boogaloo. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the difference is the first ones are usually pretty good. Well, see, that's where you and I differ, because I thought the first one was amazing. Right. All right. So anyway, we don't need to dwell on this. We'll have plenty of time in early December to talk about Avatar, The Way of the Water. Um, the new trailer dropped. If you're not doing anything else, check it out. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about yeah. our movie this week. Oh, boy. Ticket to Paradise. I got two tickets Just to Paradise, etc., etc. Uh, <laughs> you know... One of these days, when I finally release my album, right. <laughs> we'll have to join up and do a, I, yeah. a co-album together. It'll, it'll be like a, it'll be David Walton featuring Penn Ketchum. Right. Yeah. Yeah. PK. PK. My stage name. The Penn Cinemas. Right. Featuring the Penn Cinemas. Right. Uh, did you see this movie? Which movie? Ticket to Paradise. Ticket to Paradise? Penn, what is David. this movie about? It's about it's about a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Julie Roberts, and George Clooney, mm. and they get divorced. They've been divorced prior to the movie okay. starting, and now they have to go to paradise. So they get a ticket, multiple tickets, eh? <laughs> two tickets, yeah, <laughs> to go to paradise. Uh. And I think they attended a wedding. And at one point, they're scuba diving or taking paddleboard lessons or something <laughs> I saw them in the water and then at the beginning of the movie they like hate each other right but then they go through all these comical adventures do they and at the urging of their family members by the end of the movie they're kind of reunited and they fall back in love and see what they loved about each other in the first place and at the end of the movie they live happily ever after <laughs> wow right Wow. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, <laughs> you're not necessarily right either. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't see this movie. I, I, you know me, David. I thought you were going to take Amy to go see it. Here's the deal. 
Here's you want to know what happened? Mm. You want to know what, you want to know what happened? Yeah. You why you really want to know? Hold on, hold on. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to tell you what happened. Yeah. You want to know what happened? I'm gonna I know you saw a movie this you, week. You want to know what happened? I'm going to tell you what happened. Yeah. I can't believe this happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's what happened. What had happened was, as I mentioned on the show many times, I am holding out to watch Ticket to Paradise with Amy because it's not every movie that comes through Penn Cinema that she will watch. It's, in fact, <laughs> very, very few movies that she will watch. Someone's getting blamey with Amy Although over Although she wants to watch Wakanda. Oh. Yeah, so she's excited for Black Panther. We were not able to coordinate our schedules to see Ticket to Paradise. So at first I was really frustrated, and I was like, well, David's just going to have to review this by himself. But then I was like, now wait a minute. I could do something on my own here. Nah. So I came in Friday morning and I watched Banshees of Inishiran. Oh. Which is the movie that I proposed in the first place. Yeah. And then I got talked into Ticket to Paradise and I thought, oh, great, I'll take Amy. Yeah. I was not able to get Amy to the theater. <sighs> and so I thought, well, rather than doing nothing, I'll watch one movie. David can watch the other movie. And we'll have, for the same price, two movie reviews. Wow. Yeah. All right. All right. At least you saw a movie. I did. Yeah. Now, are you going to see Wakanda Forever next week, or are you going to be like, maybe didn't have time? I watched Wakanda Forever this week. <laughs> David's face just fell off. <laughs> Not fair. Right. Untrue. Lies. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Deception. Deceit. It, it was definitely unfair, but it was also definitely true. In IMAX. Some people's kids, Pen. <laughs> what? Starving kids in India, you know? <laughs> Starving kids. So is it good? It, it I, you know, I, I literally signed a non-disclosure agreement, <gasps> but I think I can safely say it lives up to the hype. I thought it was amazing. I will make no comments that would do anything to give away anything. Except that it was great. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, next week I will, and I, I will, I'm sure, have seen it a second time before yeah. we record. Yeah. Well, since we're not talking about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Black Panther 2. Yeah. Electric Boogaloo. We're talking about <laughs> Ticket to Paradise. Yes. Which I am happy to report. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that. This movie is quite enjoyable. Yeah. I had a good time. I laughed. Um, it's extremely predictable, but whatever. Who cares? Yeah, the comedy works, and they show during the bloopers at the end, which are are worth watching for one specific one. Um, that uh, looks like they kind of improved a lot of mm. like the punchlines and stuff, mm -hmm. which works. Yeah. Now it's very, I would say, if uh, you are maybe in a relationship where you're currently not on uh, smooth ground, mm. maybe not the best uh, oh. best movie to go watch, a movie about two people who bicker and argue with each other constantly. Um, but other than that, yeah, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was uh, quite good. Um, and I almost thought they were going to subvert expectations, Ryan Johnson style, and have them not get together. Oh, yeah. Because they do, they kiss, and they're like, no, this is stupid, this will never work. Yeah. 
but then at the very last minute they're like, you know what? Uh, the producers uh, want uh, us to get together. <laughs> this movie is a massive hit in theaters. There was a lot of people there. This is a solid second place behind Black Adam title. Yeah. And I think that next week when Wakanda opens, Wakanda will be number one and Ticket to Paradise will be number two. Really? Yeah, I betcha. It's any amount of money. Someone asked, they were like, well, what? And I said, you know, I can't really tell you to go see it, but I will tell you I don't regret seeing it. Do you think it falls into the category? I've used this category before. You're not going to tell someone like, hey, you got to go see this. Right. But if somebody's like, hey, I'm going to go see a movie this weekend. I'd you're like, oh, you're going to like it. You're, you'd be like, oh, go see Ticket to Paradise. If someone said, I'm going to go see Ticket to Paradise this weekend, I would say you're going to like it. I wouldn't talk them out of it. What would you say if right now? If I mean, it's an unfair question because I know the answer is depends who's asking. But what would you say to an average listener who's like, I'm going to go see the movie this weekend. What should I see? I haven't even seen the movie and I would tell people go see Ticket to Paradise. Yeah, I probably would. I can't. I don't want to tell anyone to see Black Adam. Well, my problem with Black Adam is that it's not for everybody. Yeah. Like if you're into superheroes, if you're into action, if yeah. you're into comics, then then I would say go see it. But the reason why I would say Ticket to Paradise, even though I haven't seen it, is because almost universally, everyone who has seen it had told me, "Oh, that's fun. I liked it." Yeah, it was. It was one of those. Yeah, it just it was fine. It was yeah. enjoyable. It wasn't even like I can't even be like, "Oh man, it was hilarious," because it's not right. It's fun. Hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. It's funny. Tell me about. So I watched Banshees. Oh, all right. So yeah. You, best movie I've ever seen. Best movie I ever saw. Okay, so I saw Banshees of Nishiran. Okay. And this was the worst movie of all time. Mm. But it's an incredible movie. This, okay. Tell me what you think this movie is. I think this movie looked like a movie that was marketed as a comical kind of coming of age buddy thing. Mm -hmm. But it is actually mm -hmm. a really drawn out drama. Mm -hmm. You nailed it. Yeah. That's exact. I couldn't have said it better myself. I've seen that kind of marketing before. And that's why I say the worst movie of all time. If I knew that it was a very, very deep drama, I would have said this is the best movie I ever saw. It is beautiful. The acting is A+. Plus. The script is A+. Plus. I mean, the, the cinematography is A+. Plus. You know, everything about it is beautiful, except for the fact that I thought I was going in to see a funny movie. And so put some spoilers. First of all, I highly recommend this movie. If you're interested, if you've seen this, if you've seen the trailer and you sort of know the actors and you're thinking like, oh, maybe I'll go see this. I strongly recommend that you go see it. But it's not a funny movie. Right. Right. So let me, can I spoil the plot yeah. a little bit? Yeah. They never make up. Oh, wow. Like the the premise of the movie is these two lifelong friends. The one friend suddenly decides to stop being. He he at the beginning of the movie he sort of says I don't like you anymore, and then they never recover from that. And at the I'm not even joking. At the end of the movie, the Colin Farrell character burns down the guy's house, and the final scene in the movie is the two of them standing on the beach, and the old guy says to Colin Farrell, um, "I guess you burning down my house makes us even." And Colin says, well, you weren't in the house then, were you? So, no, we're not even. And then that's, that's it. Like, that's it. And it, what's interesting to me is it's a, the way I interpreted it is it's a story of... Um, so the Colin Farrell character is a nice guy. 
he's not super entertaining or wicked smart or anything like that. He's just a nice guy, you know, and that's all he has going for him. He sell, he's got a bunch of cows and he sells the milk at the market and he lives on a small island. He shares a house with his sister and he's just a good guy. And that's almost literally all he has going for him. But to me, the story of the plot is, shouldn't that be enough? And the old guy sort of says is of the represents the position that no, it's not enough to just be a good person, you know, and the constant pressure on Colin Farrell to be more than just a good person ultimately cracks him. And then he becomes, Oh, you want me to be interesting. You want me to fight back. You want me to, you know, stand up and give you a good talking to. And then that escalates. And then the two of them sort of escalate forever until they're literally trying to kill each other. And at the end of the movie, there's no resolution to that. It's just that Colin Farrell's character has now completely turned from being this nice, happy-go-lucky guy to being this nice, happy-go-lucky guy who burns houses down. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. it's it's intense. It's intense. But the movie's great. I mean, I really – I think there's a, some great messages in there. There's some great commentary on, like, what do we expect from each other as human beings and how do we treat each other. Um, there's some subplots that are amazing. Like there's this kid who's played by one of those actors that you recognize him, but you don't know his name. Um, and he's like the town idiot. And he says to Colin towards the end of the movie, he says to Colin Farrell, well, you're the only nice guy on the Island. You're the only guy who treats me with any decency whatsoever. And Colin Farrell basically tells him to go pound sand, you know, mm -hmm. cutting off like the last shred of decency to this poor town idiot. Yeah. And then the town idiot kills himself, throws himself in the lake. You know what I mean? Oof. Like it's brutal. Oh, you know, it's just, I think it's a, it's a heavy movie, Yeah. but so well done and totally worth seeing. I was really glad that I saw it. My, my, the reason why I couldn't, what I couldn't get over was the fact that it was, I was so, I was ready for comedy. See, the, I knew it wasn't going to be comedy. Yeah. That's why last week, like, what should we watch? I was like, I want to watch. Yeah. You wanted to watch comedy. I wanted to watch an comedy. actual comedy. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. So two reviews, the same great price. Yeah. And now we move on to listeners, notes, questions, answers, comments, suggestions, and so forth and so on. <sighs> Coming in this week, everyone's favorite oh, sister hit us up. This was one of the best emails of all time. Yeah. She's a, we talked about how Superman's going to be more of a happy-go-lucky Superman. Uh, I think we read the quote from Henry Cavill, extremely which said joyful. it was going to be extremely joyful. Yeah. She says, Superman, extremely joyful, already sounds terrible. She's That's the title of the right. movie. Already sounds terrible. Not every superhero can be Ragnarok'd. I worked for th I, it worked for Thor because he didn't have 70 years of cinematic history to define his character. Imagine Superman fighting a bad guy and he just turns to the camera and says, "So I bet you I bet you're all wondering how I got here." It's like when the principal of your school tried to connect with the kids by joking around and it was just awkward. Yeah. Yeah. We all know that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen Penn talking to the kids at the concession yeah, stand. Yeah, it's exactly what, like I know that. What it's, like. it's exactly like that. Hello, real children. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my hat on backwards. That makes me approachable and friendly. Look at my long hair. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> she says one last point. I fucking loved the f bombs. There's not much that can't be improved by dropping a f bomb every once in a while. Now that's. A Superman movie I'd watch. A movie where Superman has run out of fucks to give. You want to know how I got here? It's because I'm fucking Superman and I'm a goddamn superhero. 
End credits. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. Yeah. This only leaves me with one question. Yeah. How has everyone's favorite sister not been tapped to direct a superhero movie? That's she's true. obviously got. She's already in the she, Marvel house. Right. I mean, she's got the props for it. Disney could just be like, yep. hey, we know the great work you do with cruise ships. Right. How about you cruise this movie? <laughs> right. What? Right into the what? theater. <laughs> Sail. I, I got there. Sail. Yeah. Well, she's cruising. Yeah. She's cruising. She's a sailor like me. <laughs> Next, we got a, a great note from T. Loney. Where do I begin? He started with one of my fa- I knew it was going to be a good email because it started with one of my favorite. If anyone listens to what we say. Right. It's Tony <laughs> Baloney, a.k.a. T. Loney. <laughs> He started with one of my favorite entrees. There I was, minding my own business. <laughs> so I was sitting there minding my own business. Minding my own business sitting there. Figured I would do the neighborly thing and pass out candy for Halloween. I was going to sit outside dressed as Rory. However, I look bad with a shirt on, without a shirt on, and I do not have a surfboard. Only those that listen to the Penn Cinema podcast would know. And sadly, I have not yet made converts out of the neighborhood kids yet. The very first trick-or-treater came to the door and I proudly handed him a candy bar with a yellow sign attached to it that said, listen to the Penn Cinema podcast. For previous listeners, it was a very similar sign to the one that I had stuck to the window of my car previously. All right, sidebar. We need to comment on Tiloni's signs. (laughs) He does this great thing, which I think is hilarious. He goes to like Michael's or a craft shop and gets one of those big yellow cardboard, you know, like four by four foot cardboard, yellow, like cardboard, right? Wait, is it cardboard? Right. And then he trims it down. Yeah. Cuts it down to approximately the size of like, uh, I don't know what, like- Post-it note? Like a post-it note. Yeah. About the same size as a yellow post-it note. Two by two. Right. And then he writes, listen to the Pensino podcast. Right. So he makes these great signs that are approximately the size of a post-it right. note. And the thing is, the way that he cuts it down, right? you can't use any of the other cardboard. Right. That's, so I appreciate the sacrifice. Yeah, it's, it's ruined. And it's he does a really great job, because if you didn't know better, you would almost think it was a post-it note. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's art. Yeah. I mean, my, my man's got the skills with the clippers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say. He's got clipper skills. So he, he hands out a, a Hirsch bar and a yellow sign. This says, listen to the Penn Cinema podcast. And then he admits, okay, okay, it was the same sign as previously referenced stuck to the window of my car. <laughs> I strategically waited for a trick-or-treater that looked old enough to actually own a phone and could listen to the Penn Cinema podcast. I was not going to waste my hard work by just giving it to some little kid. Finally, my moment arrived. I handed out the handcrafted sign with a piece of candy. I will try and remember exactly what was said as my adrenaline was racing and I was really hurt at what happened next. (laughs) The kid looked at it and read it and then said, dude, do you know how many ads I have to click through to see or get what I want in my lifetime? Now you hand me another ad I have to read for a piece of candy? You suck! He stomped away angry and threw the candy at the ground. I'm not one to think fast on my feet, so after he put some distance from me and the discarded sign, I yelled out, you are too old to be trick-or-treating. So what did I do wrong? I don't understand. Please help me out here. So we got Tony Baloney turning to us like so many do. Yeah. For help and guidance. Because <laughs> where do you want to get your help and guidance but from Penn and David? Yeah. I could think of nowhere else better to turn. The key place. Right. All I can say is. I know maybe, what he did wrong. What did he do? No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying after you. 
you should have put the the note inside the I'm candy wrapper. Yep. You know? Right next to the razor blade. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wrapped it around the needle. Yeah. And then that way they would know the stuff's in there. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I, I too was going to focus on the size, but I was mm. going to go the other direction. You need bigger candy bars. No, no I'm saying, um, well, <laughs> I love how you think. Like your mind never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> A lesser person, you say Hershey bar and you just picture we're like a regular Hershey bar, but yeah. not David Moulton. Yeah. David is not limited no. by Hershey bars. Somebody says something about size and he immediately thinks, I get a bigger Hershey bar. I can just get a bigger Hershey bar. <laughs> right. What's the problem? Genius. Yeah. Gene Yus. Yeah. All right. So from now on, your new nickname is Yus. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. What I was going to say was use the same regular Hershey bar, but a bigger sign. <laughs> <laughs> like a way bigger sign. Like a sandwich board. Like a sandwich board that he would have to wear. <laughs> Forget your costume. Right. You're now wearing a sandwich right. board. Your new costume is, oh, you were Darth Vader? That's cute. Now you're Darth Vader with a pencil and a podcast sandwich board sign. So what's our advice to Tony Baloney? Adjust the size of your message. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. So now I went to him and I said, Tony yeah. Baloney. You walked up to him and you were like, T. I said, T. Baloney, look. I know that you're an upstanding man uh, and that you would never purposely mm. mislead anyone. No. And I said, but something about the story, I feel like mm. you just wanted us on your good oh, side. Oh, is he telling stories just to I, tell stories? I was like, is this one of, is this a, a far-fetched ride along or what is mm, it? Yeah. He said, my dude, let me see if I can get the ring footage for you. <gasps> Now, he wasn't able to get it for me because he uh. couldn't figure out how to tell it. But he was adamant that proof exists mm. of this exchange. I don't doubt him for a hot second. Right. He's never lied before. He's never made anything awkward. Right. Right. Now, look, I could read this next one, but I'm not the greatest at reading things with big words aloud. Did you tell Tony about the coaster that I sent you a picture of? I did. <laughs> I did send that. I was away a couple weekends ago, or was it this weekend? Wherever I was, and I saw a coaster that, a, like, I was in one of those cheesy gift shops, yeah. you know, with, like, stupid shit all in it, and they were selling all these coasters with, like, these cute little phrases on it, and I sent, I texted a picture of this one to David because it made me think of Tony, and it says, I came, I saw, I made it awkward. <laughs> I said it to him. He said, does this mean I'm famous? I'm Absolutely. Like, Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, because when you flip the coaster over, I don't know if you showed him the picture I sent you of the backside. Yeah. The backside description says, Tony Baloney Coaster, seven ninety nine. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Tony Baloney Coaster, seven ninety nine. He doesn't even know. Right. Yeah, wow. All right. Wow. The next letter we got in, just, you know, whatever. Like, you can't, how do you introduce a legend? Yeah. Right. Okay. So Frodo wrote in. Right. Now she last write, week, yeah. She writes in a lot, but she doesn't write in every week. Right. So it's always nice when we get a note. Right. But this was about last week. We you said you like the phrase uh, "as I want to do." Did I say I liked it, or did I say I was intrigued by it? Because I, well, I didn't under I don't understand it. Things got curiouser and curiouser. Indeed. You weren't sure how to like where you were going. Right. You're like, what's this really mean? Right. And I used it, but I wasn't sure if I was using it correctly, and I didn't know where it was from. My right. pinky was out, but I was still, like, not confident. And I was going to just abbreviate this explanation down, but I thought it was so good, and the where it goes mm. to at the end right. was so good. 
<laughs> okay. You know, it's interesting you ask, because that's a word I got curious about myself some number of years ago. I don't remember the root etymology being especially interesting. Like, it doesn't have any particular or unusual origin. Other than that, it, other than that, it evolved typical phrasal context. In other words, as I want to and as is my want, but not for any specific reason. A lot of words are like that. They're what we call fossil words. Sidebar, I recommend looking up a list of examples. They are an interesting kind of word once you notice them. But yeah, want is basically a word about the same as any in terms of where it came from. It's fossilized is all. Though maybe a little interesting is, as I recall, it's cognate with win and one, of course, in that loosely shared sense of undertaking and endeavor. So it branched into want's sense of tendency and win's sense of accomplishing. And I mean, the explanation you both gave is what it means, pattern of behavior. So there isn't much to expand on, though I guess I could point out that it has specifically an adjective, as I want to do, and a noun, as is my want, form. Well, and a verb form, e.g. Tony Baloney wants people into expecting awkward situations from him. <laughs> that was written in. She, she That's literally, I'm reading this word for word. But being realistic, that form's fallen well into disuse. Hope that satisfies your curiosity. And bonus trivia, there's another fun word I like that similarly represents a contraction, can't. A can't is the style of speech of, of a particular demographic. So for example, a movie has legs is from the can't of the theater industry. It's also a verb form. So I like to say, I'm won't to can't. I love that. Drop mic. I won't to can't. I won't to can't. I won't to can't. That's great. Thanks, Frodo. Frodo's emails are amazing, but they do require, like, I got to get my dictionary out, you know, have my Google. It's, it's like you know. a little bit of schooling. Yeah. And like, did you look up some of the, uh, some of the, uh, what'd she call them? The um, fossilized words. Did you? Yeah, I did. They're, wow. they're pretty freaking great. I forgot to write them down, so I can't comment on them, but I share her recommendation. If you're a listener and you have a moment and you're at your desk and you're pretending to work, as long as you're pretending to work, why don't you go ahead and Google fossilized words? Yeah. It is, it's definitely an interesting one. She also left us with a pun. She said, I know that Halloween's past, but here we go anyway. Mm. You get it. Mm -hmm. Penn, why do they call them witches' brews? I give up, David. Why do they call them witches' brews? Because they pack a punch. Uh, I told that to a bunch of people at work, and you would not believe how many people didn't know what a witch's brew was and got hung up on that fact that. They didn't know what it was, so the joke just, like, super fell flat. <laughs> Here's what I think. That joke tells better than it reads. Yeah. Because it took me a little while. I read it, and I was yeah, like, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Look, if you want to be a part of the show, go ahead and email us, podcast at pensinma.com. That's the best way to get in touch with us. Now, moving on. What are you doing? What are you watching? What's been going on in the wide world of pen? Outside the movie theater this week. Outside of the movie theater, I watched a movie on Netflix, which I loved and was very moved by, and it was hard to watch. Oh. It's a war movie called All's Quiet on the Western Front. I've been hearing a lot about that. It's yeah. a remake. It's a German movie. It takes place in World War One, and it follows a German soldier into World War One, and it is... First of all, an incredible movie along the lines of 1917 yeah. or Saving Private Ryan, you know, sort of has that very gritty, 
graphic violence, you know, very hard to watch, but powerful and very moving story. I've never seen the original All's Quiet. Have you? No. No. But so I, I sort of clicked on this and I didn't really know what to expect. And I was, I mean, it's a long movie. I think it's all but three hours. Um, so I watched it in two sittings, but man, it sticks with you. It's a powerful movie. I really recommend it. It's on Netflix. I also watched the first episode of Manifest because my family and I are suckers for bad acting. Wow. Insert a joke about Penn. This, <laughs> so we, Kayla and Amy and I watched this last night. Yeah. And I literally fell asleep during it. Whoa. And I woke up towards the end of the episode and I was like, oh, good. They're having the exact same conversation they've been having for four seasons or three seasons or whatever it is. And <laughs> Kayla goes, dad, great news. The acting is even worse. <laughs> <laughs> I also watched Brad Smith and Angelina Jolie in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Wow. Which that movie is so fun. Like it's, it's such a like predictable cliche movie. It's shallow and fun and fast. And I just love it. Like, I'm not saying it's a great movie. I'm just saying I love it. So that ties in with the, uh, the blooper that I was talking about from ticket to paradise. And there, in it, there's a scene where they get sure, served champagne on a plane and, in the blooper, the actress, uh, who's the stewardess, spills the champagne on George Clooney, and she's freaking out. And he's like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. And Julie Roberts, she's like, it's just George Clooney. We got another one in the back. <laughs> and, and, she, and he's like, yeah, yeah, 1-800-BRAD-PITT, we need you to come in. That <laughs> was funny. There's this great scene. In, I mean, there's a lot of things to enjoy about Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but there's there's a lot of like little, almost like Easter eggs. That might be overdramatic. Yeah. But like they're interviewing this kid that they're trying to like get information from, and the kid's wearing a Fight Club T-shirt. Like, it's just good, like, yeah. fun little stuff. Yeah. And then, as referenced earlier, on Thursday morning, uh, oh, I have two more. On Thursday morning, I did attend the private, um, it's called a trade screening mm. for people who work in the movie business and need to decide where to book movies and what movies to book. And, and they're trading cards. And they're, they're required by law. Studios are required by law to make screenings available to us prior to the release. So that was settled in... Uh, Court. And as a result, we go to trade screenings from time to time. And Thursday morning, I went down to King of Prussia and watched um, Black Panther in the IMAX there. Wow. It was amazing. That's all I'm going to say about it. Wow. And then on the recommendation of manager Jason, Encyclopedia Brown, yeah, I watched Barbarian, the horror movie. Yeah. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I heard more about it, and it sounds like it might be take a twist that uh, would make me actually there's a variety of twists enjoy it and I I strongly recommend it wow uh, my week was a lot less busy I mean I spent the week uh, binging Byron's Bays so Byron Bays so don't watch that show but uh, <laughs> I did it's a weekend and, you'll never get back yeah, yeah it was it was time invested right uh, but I also watched Bram Stoker's Dracula mm. First time I'd ever seen it. Is this the one with Tom Cruise? No, that's no. Uh, vampire, interview with a vampire. Interview with Vampire. This is the one with Keanu Reeves, Winona Ryder, um, Gary Oldman, and uh, um, guy who's in Armageddon Time. Mm -hmm. I can never remember his Jeremy name. Jeremy Strong. No, no. Um, Anthony guy? Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. 
Um, which is crazy to see them all so young. This is like a 1992 movie. Um, also, 1992 was a very horny time, which I was not expecting. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it was it came at me hard. And I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot more boobs than Dracula in this movie. Um, I thought it was fine. Like, it wasn't great. Uh, but I feel like for the time, this movie, I understand why it kind of like probably rocked the genre or whatever. Mm. Um, felt fe- it feels progressive whether or not it was. Right. So, And that's about it for me this week. Nice. So next week we're going to be, I'm going to be watching. We. We are going to be reviewing <laughs> Black Panther. That was like a, the Top Gun moment when they're in flight school the day after and the, the, the lady instructor is like talking about the MIG and. Tom Cruise is like, I was inverted. And then Goose is like, we. Like, we, we were inverted. <laughs> we were inverted. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so we're going to be reviewing Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Black Panther 2. Okay. Electric Boogaloo. I, I, I don't think Electric Boogaloo is technically part of the title. Yeah, but you know, when everyone's calling it that, right. it kind of sticks. Right. Right? Right. So... All right, look, if you want to tell us what you think of this movie, and mm-hmm. I definitely want to hear, because mm-hmm. it's, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on, email us, podcast at pencinema.com. Mm. That's the number one way to get in touch with us. Also, there's usually a conversation going on over at our Facebook page. Uh, so if you want to check us out there, there's stuff going on. There's a lot of new active users over there, so that's fun. Uh, but if someone wants to support the show, mm. what's the number one way to do that, Penn? Well, I mean, we've been talking a lot this week about etymology. Yeah, you know? that's for sure. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot. Right. So what 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 people have been doing? I don't know if you, did you hear about this? I they, probably, no, I was my I had my head in the books. Yeah, yeah. There was a story in the uh, um, in National Geographic about this last week. Oh, really? You know, the etymology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what what people are doing now? You know, people ask me how how to describe the show. Yeah. And it's always a struggle. So Isn't that the truth? Right. So what what people are doing now is they're inventing new words. Whoa. Yeah. So what you can do to support the show is share with us the word that you invented to describe the Penn Cinema podcast. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And let's say maybe you're not a creative person. Right. Then you just tell a friend. Yeah. Okay. You know, and the, the best, what I like to do, what, what I find is most successful is when you're telling a friend. Wait until they're in the middle of something really important. Yeah, yeah, and then just squeeze it in. You know, they're right? Like, oh, I just had my first baby. Right. That's amazing. But ha- have you? Did you hear last episode? Did you listen? <laughs> Can you shut up that kid for a second? I want to tell you yeah. something. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or like <laughs> they're singing. They're singing "Happy Birthday." Happy they're carrying birth. the cake into the room. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Listen, whoa. have you uh, listened to the pencil? As a person leans in to blow it out. Right. Hey, you listen to the Pencil <laughs> <in the> Podcast? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, once again, for the Pencil Podcast, I'm David Bolton. And I'm Penn Ketchum. Take, Take care, care and party, party on. Thanks for joining us this episode. Our hosts would love to hear from you. To contact the show with your thoughts and reviews, email podcast at pencinema.com. This podcast is a production of Penn Cinema. Escape to the movies at Penn Cinema, featuring crisp digital projection, killer sound, reserved seating, and premium power recliners. With locations in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, 
Wilmington, Delaware, and Huntington Valley, Pennsylvania. Showtimes and tickets available at www.pencinema.com.